All right, open up your Bibles tonight to, uh, oh, stink. Uh, try to put what scripture down. Uh, uh, oh, okay, Psalm, Psalms, chapter 18. I'm actually serious. I had to remember there for a minute. Psalms chapter 18. <clears throat> yes. Thank God for the heat in here. It's a little warmer in here than in the past. Don't complain. People are... Oh, hi. You blended right in there with your little jacket. I know. And the Allendorfs are here tonight. Talking in the back. But welcome to see you girls. Sorry you're blending in too with your jacket. Just... Anybody leave for the holidays? I see Brett Johnson's back from Brett's from out of town, and then Justin Black went, came back. Thanks, front row guys. I don't know what's wrong with everybody else. Anybody else leave and come back? Sweet. Anybody? Gabe, yes, Gabe, yes. Measers, yes. Roberts. Rough, dude, I'm telling you, rough crowd. I about took the mic, beat him on the head with it. I got close, but oh. Hey, I'm going to read this passage. And as I read this passage, I don't want you just to listen. I want you to receive and respond. I'm being serious right now. I'm not putting on a show. I'm reading the living Word of God. And as I read this, I'm going to... I'm going to read the entire part. I'm going to read the entire chapter. And as I read this, I want you to receive it for you. And then I want you to respond. Like in your heart. Maybe you just got to shout. Like that was for me. You hear what I'm saying? So don't just sit there with your hands crossed like we're in a church. <clears throat> what does that even mean? I don't know. You ready? This is Psalms chapter 18, verse 1. This is David. David is writing. I'm thankful for David. Guy could dance and sing. Put on that choir with Christian Raywalt. Hot dog. That would be fun. Hot dog. Bratwursts for everyone. You ready? It's a long scripture. If I lose my voice halfway through, I might have to have somebody else come and get it. If I got slain the Holy Ghost, Reed, just come grab it from me, bro. All right, you ready? Somebody's like, what does that even mean? Well, just watch real close. All right. Psalms 18, verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Come on, that's good right there, isn't it? All right. My God is my strength in whom I will trust. He's my shield. And the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He is worthy. That's why we worship in here on Thursday nights. Not because He demands it of of us necessarily. And not because we're obligated to worship Him. You don't have to worship God. But He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of it. So that's why we do it. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pains of death surround me and the floods of, of ungodliness or the devil made me afraid. The sorrows of the devil surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. These are not amen verses. These are those verses you sit there and go, man, am I in that place? 
In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from His temple, and my cry came before Him even to His ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of the hills also quaked and were shaken because He was angry. Why was He angry? Because His Son was being afflicted. Because His Son was going through a tough time. And so He got angry. He got so angry, the earth quaked. The heavens shook because His Son was going through a tough time. Smoke went up from His nostrils and devouring fire from His mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed down the heavens and came down with darkness under His feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Lightnings in abundance, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at your rebuke, O Lord. At the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Right now, this does not mean that those people that are trying to beat us up in class because we're being an idiot. This is specifically speaking of the enemy or the devil who is real, right? <clears throat> who is out to get us who has tried to defeat us, but God who is our deliverer, God who is our rock and our strong tower, the one who comes to defend us. When somebody's trying to make fun of us, he comes on our side and he gets upset to defend his people. I'm thankful this verse doesn't say, and then God came on top of all these people and smacked me down too. But it said he came, he heard my cry, and he drew me up out of that trouble and he saved me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. How many, how many know what it means and understand what it's like to have God as your support? He also brought me out, of, out into a broad place. He delivered me because He delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. How many understand that our righteousness isn't our righteousness, it's God's righteousness because Christ's righteousness is our righteousness by faith. What does that even mean? I stand right before God, before a holy, just, perfect, holy God. I stand in a right relationship with Him because of what Jesus did for me. And as I put my faith into what Jesus did for me, I receive the righteousness of God. And so God delivers me, and God helps me, and God supports me, and God gives me strength because Jesus' righteousness is upon me. I am righteous before God. And because of that, he will deliver me and He will help me and He will rescue me in all my distress and all my hardships and all my tribulations and all the things that I go through. Whether they're little or whether they're big, God desires to rescue us because of the righteousness that we have. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all His judgments were before me and I did not put away His statutes. I was also blameless before Him and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in His sight. With the, merciful, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but you will bring down haughty or prideful looks. 
for you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can loop, leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. And He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. What does that mean? We talked about that before. And sets me on high places. That means I can just kind of trot through the mountains with ease. In other words, through hard times, for some reason I can go through them at ease because He makes my feet like the feet of deer and He sets me on a high place. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. Anybody been encouraged so far? You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and I've overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet for you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there is none to save, even to the Lord. But He did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. You've got to understand, this is Old Testament. Today, we don't beat people and say, God told me to. <laughs> the Bible says, love your enemies. God hasn't changed, but there's a new way of life for us today as human beings. But what is this referring to? How can we translate that for us today? We destroyed the devil. Because God gave us strength to stand on his head. Because God gave me the ability to rebuke him and come against him. Amen? You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. As people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. In other words, he's like, man, for some reason I become this leader of all these people because of you, Lord. The foreigners, they submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. Then he says this. Probably, I just read it today. I've read it before, but as I read this today, I thought, I think I just found probably one of my new favorite verses in the Bible. One of those verses that you say, man, I wish this verse was in the Bible. Because I say it all the time. It says, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord lives. Even when everything else says He doesn't live. Even when everybody around you says He doesn't live. Even when times are really rough and it's really dark and it seems hopeless, the Lord still lives. Blessed be my rock, let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, because of all that, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants, or to his seed forevermore. 
As I read that last verse, and as I read this passage, you say, yeah, Gary, but that's true. David, I mean, he was God's, he was after God's own heart. He was a real man of God. He was, I mean, he was one of God's favorites. So, I mean, I'm different. Well, I love this passage because at the very end, David writes, the very end of this passage, at the very end of this prayer, at the very end of this song that he sings to God, he writes, and you do this. You give mercy and you deliver those people. You do all of this to David and his seed forevermore. You know the Bible, what the Bible says? <clears throat> the seed of David, the seed of King David is Jesus. Jesus is the seed. And if you put your faith into Jesus and you become what we call Christians or believer in Christ, then you too are the seed. And if you are the seed, then rightfully God will deliver you and avenge you and protect you and comfort you in the midst of any trial, hardship, or tribulation that you go through forever and ever. I don't care what you feel about yourself. I don't care what your parents may have said about you or a teacher or a friend have said about you or a sibling. God says you are a seed of Him. That you came from Him. That He caused you to be born again. You are a child of God. And so therefore, He will protect and deliver you. Sorry, I'm excited. That excites me. Because I know what it's like to be hopeless. I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to feel like everything and everyone is out to get me. I know what it's like to feel alone as I lay in my bed because I feel as though nobody knows me. And not only does nobody know me, but those who know me the most don't love me or care for me. I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like to be adopted by a father who loves me unconditionally. And that excites me. That motivates me. That inspires me. That compels me in such a way that I want the world to know. I want to shout from the rooftops. My God is on my side. And He's for me. And that's where I find my pride. God's got my back. And He's got your back. Amen? Flip over. We're going to read a shorter scripture. And then we'll pray and get started tonight. Hope you're ready for... What the Lord wants to encourage us with tonight. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our comfort also abounds through Christ. What is he saying? That as our hardships and trials and distresses grow, it only means that God's comfort for me grows. God is our comforter. My message tonight is called Jesus is my binky. This is what I call a binky. And actually, the dictionary calls it a binky too. It's a pacifier. I thought about sucking on it the whole time, but I couldn't do it. It would be hard to speak and suck. 
That's weird. Would you pray with me to get started? <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you that you are our comforter. God, we thank you that you ease us in the midst of hard times and hard situations. God, you don't always deliver us right away. But God, you do, del- you do comfort us right away. And eventually, you will deliver us from the hard things that we go through. And Father, for that, we're thankful and we're grateful. And God, I know that there are some here tonight, God, who are discomforted, who are in distress and in hardship or going through a tough time. And God, I don't ask that you would help me to necessarily comfort them, but God, I'm asking that your presence, the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, would comfort your people tonight. And that we would be encouraged and knit together and bound together in love. And that God, that you would move us forward. We bless you, Lord God. We thank you. Help us to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, honey, would you come here real quick with, with my little boy? This is my beautiful, bodacious, phenomenally outrageously gorgeous wife, Ashley. Can you get it for Ashley, my wife? You can sit down if you want. And this is my son, Zayden. This is Zayden Elijah. We were spending time with Constance. Uh, Was that yesterday? Yesterday? A couple days ago. And it was his first ministry session. It was his first shepherding session. It was his first time because he was there the whole time. He's saying, amen, dad. He kept waving his arm, you know. And uh, anyway, it's probably my greatest joy is having this son next to one, obviously my salvation, two, my, my wife being married to my amazing wife. But then thirdly, this, this little guy, he is phenomenal. And one of the things I've learned is there's so many things that I've learned, first of all. But secondly, there's a lot of things that I've learned about this little guy and my relationship with him and our relationship with God. It was this morning, and it happens very often, where he's just going through a tough time. I mean, what, what can he really be going through that's tough? I mean, look at him. I mean, look at him again. I mean, look at him. He's... I, I tell him all the time, he's, he chokes himself. But he acts like sometimes the world has ended. He goes through a tough time, maybe he's hungry. And I feel his pain. And I understand. The problem with him right now is he can't eat the most anointed food in the world, moose's tooth yet. I know, man. I'm telling him. But he either gets really hungry or he just is tired. And he's just like, somebody put me to sleep, you know. It's funny because those are the two primary times when I get fussy. You get fussy? Yes, I get fussy. Ask my wife. (laughs) Especially when I'm hungry. Sucker punch. See, this happens often. This is on my shirt? Just kidding. It's okay. It's happened before. I think I'm, every one of my outfits every day has some spit up on it. I know, man. What do you, see? And what he does is he, he, like, gags himself. I know that's nasty, but, but what I've realized is when he gets so frustrated and he gets, you know, sometimes he just, he's acting like he's going through the hardest situation. 
And we've learned through time the certain things that comfort him. The certain things that make him go, and one of those primary things was this morning I woke up and Ashley uh, fed him and and so he was still getting kind of fussy because he wanted to go to sleep. So I took him as he was really fussy and I had him like, move your arm, man. And I had him like this. And right right when I hold him like this, he just gets chill. You might spit up on me again, actually. I should probably be careful with that. Take that, man, right there, right there. But what he, what he does for some reason, and most babies actually like this. They like being on their stomach because there's pressure on their stomach. And they like to just be up against you. And I mean, your, your baby probably loves it too, Lila. Yeah. And so just having him right here, and, and I, this is, I work out my biceps, you know. Just, <laughs> I haven't been able to go to the gym since we've had the little guy, so I've been trying to. You know, eating food with one hand and doing this with the other one. You know? How you doing? All right. And what I, what I realized was that some way, somehow, like Ashley will do fine when, you know, she'll take him. But sometimes when he gets around dad, he just gets, oh, he just feels like a male, you know. And there's things that Ashley does for him that I could never do. Like she's able to comfort him and nurse him in a way I could never do. But there's sometimes when, when I'm able to take care of him, hey, you're weird. I'm able to take care of him or hold him in a way that, that he just needs me at certain times. And so one of the ways I do that is just hold him like this. I'll take him and I'll hold him and, 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 and it works for a while. And then I realize, because you hear, and he starts sucking and pacifying on his tongue. The first time I've tried doing that since I was a baby, which I'm guessing I tried it when I was a baby was a couple weeks ago, I actually tried sucking on my... Ever tried sucking on your tongue? Try it real quick, it's weird. Does it even feel good? I, I was just wondering, like, why does he do that? Does that feel good to him or something? Apparently, Reed, it does. Well, they created these amazing plastic rubber things, pacifiers. And I don't know if he'll take it right now, but this, this particular one, usually he'll take it, He's like, why is everybody looking at me? And he'll suck on it forever. But, but you give him another one. Sorry, but I didn't take that from you. This one is like his favorite one. And if you give him any other one, he'll suck and spit it out. Blah! Get all frustrated again. So you have to have the one with the heart on it. I don't know why. I don't know if he knows there's a heart on it. They love Jesus. The, amen, brother. Amen. Or I don't know what it is, but apparently he just likes it. And, and so there's like this, two, there's this two-part equation where if dad's holding them, which I know she can too, but with me, if I'm holding them and I stick this in his mouth and have him start sucking on it, he's just chill. And usually he falls asleep and he doesn't choke himself or gag himself. When we are in distress, God is our comforter. When we are in distress, or we are in hardship, or we are going through trial, or we are going through something that is difficult, God comforts us. God not only holds us and protects us, but God also gives us His blessings and puts something in our hearts or gives us something to comfort us and to to console us and to ease what we're going through, to help us. He pacifies us 
if you, if you will. That's why I say Jesus is my binky. That may sound weird. But I say that because He's the binky of all binkies. There is no binky like Jesus. There is nothing that man today can hold on to, can suck on, that can get a hold of, that would make him comforted or consoled. We can find consolation and comfort in Jesus. He is our only source. The Bible says He is the God of all comfort. In other words, if you find comfort in anything, it's because He has given it some way, somehow, in the creation of the world, some way, somehow, He's given a source of comfort for us as human beings to be comforted. Because even though as a young buck, a young baby like Him, He desires to be comforted, we today desire to be comforted in different ways. But we have our own binkies. And we have our own things that we try to suck on to pacify us or to rely on for a certain measure of time when we're going through hardship or distress. Or if we at any moment feel a sense of distress, and we'll define what that looks like in a moment. But we have to understand that God, He is the God of all comfort. And He is the only one who can fully and completely comfort us. In a world that hurts, in a world where there is pain, in a world where there is hardship, we need comfort. God is the only one who can really give it. God is the only one who can really give it to you. Tonight I'm asking you that question. What is your pacifier? As I picked him up this morning, held him in my arms, he put the pacifier in his mouth. He fell asleep. And I felt as though the Lord asked me that question. Gabriel, what are your pacifiers in life? Will you let me be the one who comforts you? Because I desire to be the one that comforts you. I desire to be the one that consoles you. I desire to be the one that helps you in your trouble. But we... We ignore that and we find an easier way out. And it only, it only is sufficient for a temporary time. But how many know that God does not just comfort us temporarily? But God is a God of comfort always. Give it up for Zayden. Give it up for Zayden. He's falling asleep. I think he's falling asleep. Thank you, Ashley. <clears throat> so what are, your, what are your pacifiers? What are your binkies? Because if Jesus is the binky of all binkies, what are binkies that we hold on to or that we rely on? What are pacifiers? Binkies can be a blanket. right? You've, you've seen babies have blankets, right? You've seen kids in college that have blankets still. Where's my blanket? You know? <laughs> there are still blankets, binkies that people have today. For some of us, it's our cell phone. You know? If I don't have my cell phone, I feel like I'm out of place. I know for me personally, as I was thinking about this, my personal pacifier, my personal comfort is when everything is lined out and everything looks good and everything is perfectly in order. When everything is perfectly in order, 
feel better about life. As I thought about that, I thought, why is it that I rely on this external thing called order to bring comfort to me? Because if I am a person, or if I am a human being that needs comfort and needs to be comforted, then what if there is always chaos? What if our world is turned upside down, not practically and actually, but more in the sense of just uh, uh, the environment or what's happening politically or what's happening economically or what's happening in your school or in your classroom or in the family or in what, what if there begins to happen? What if persecution happens and there is no more order and we're walking around in robes and tennis shoes that have holes in them because we have nothing to buy? If that's the case, then me relying on something that is in order is only temporary and I cannot find comfort in those moments. I have a few different things that we tend to rely on. Because this is, this is what happens. It's a simple principle. Distress forces man to find comfort. We were created in such a way that when you feel distress, an uneasiness in your heart, Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's an insecurity. But when you feel in your heart of hearts, when you feel inside yourself that there is distress, where your heart is not at peace and it's not at ease, the way God made us and formed us, when we are in distress, it forces us to find comfort. We are forced. Everything inside of us looks for comfort. We can't stand to be unstable. We can't stand to be uncomforted. We can't stand it. The way you're sitting right now. You're not purposely sitting uncomfortable unless you're a moron. But you are purposely sitting in a way that is comfortable to you because you want to be comfortable. We don't purposely make ourselves uncomfortable. That's weird. But some of us do. Some of us, like Billy, <laughs> will go down at midnight to a bunch of drunk people and preach the gospel. Intentionally going out of his way to experience distress, knowing that God will comfort him in that moment. But we live too comfortable of lives. Look at you. I'm not trying to make you feel condemned or anything about the clothes you're wearing or the way you're sitting. But I mean, look, I mean, look, you look comfortable. Christian, look at him, man. He just, he's chill. He's got his arms collapsed. He's, you know, he's, he's got his jeans on. He's got a t-shirt, a, a sweater, and a jacket. He's comfortable and warm. Just chill. The dude ain't sitting on thumbtacks because that would be uncomfortable. You hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> That's weird. Nobody makes themselves purposely uncomfortable. We are made in such a way where we desire to be comforted and to always be in comfort. The stress forces us 
to comfort, and we live in a distressed world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We live in a place where there is chaos. You know, I was thinking about birth the other day. Who thinks of birth? I do every once in a while. <laughs> Mariah. <laughs> Mariah doesn't like that thought right now. I was thinking about birth, and I was thinking about how everything looks so pretty in this world, and especially America has, has beautified and, fr- and put frosting on everything to make it so uh, glorified and so amazing. And I was talking to Christian about this. You can't put frosting at an experience of birth. You just can't do it. You can't put frosting on it. It is what it is. Like, even Hollywood's like, okay, uh... How do we make this look cool? Uh, and then like across the table, this little nerd's like, oh, I have an idea. They're like, yes. They're like, oh, it can't look cool. Yes, it can't look cool. You're right. Give up trying. So we're not going to make this look cool. Hollywood has even understood that. But I mean, in America, we've... we've We've created all these external material things that try to make life feel better and more in order. The truth is, as you know it, in your heart of hearts, chaos happens all the time. You can't ignore it. It forces you to be comforted. I think one of the primary things that we rely on to comfort us are material blessings. I chose those two words Intentionally, material meaning the things that we have like our cars or our electronics or our houses or the clothing that we have. And blessings, helping us understand that those are blessings. Those aren't things that we earn because we're good people. Those are things that God gave us and we're thankful for them. But material things, material blessings, the things that God has given us that how many of us know will burn up? Once again, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty about your material possessions. Please do not feel guilty about the things that you have. Don't feel that way. <clears throat> we should be thankful for our material possessions and the material blessings we have. My goodness, it should give you a reason to praise God. When I go to bed at night and when I get up in the morning, I thank God daily. Lord, thank you that I have a house. Thank you I have clothes. Thank you that I have water. Thank you that I have shoes. Lord, thank you that I have a vehicle in zero degree weather. Thank you that I can get in a vehicle and drive somewhere rather than walking. Because I know that people out there don't have vehicles. Lord, I am thankful. But I do not find my comfort in my blessings. Material blessings. Because how many of you know that if that were the only source of comfort, or if that was even a source of comfort, it will let me down because it's only temporary. And if, the, if that were the case, if I could find comfort in my material blessings, if I could find consolation in my material blessings, then something is wrong because that means I have more than somebody who is over in Afghanistan or somebody who's over in Africa who doesn't have what I have. And if I ever lost that, if I ever lost the material blessings that I have, if I ever lost the material things that God has rightfully given me, then I would lose comfort. And so we should never place our ease or our comfort or a a peaceful state of mind on our material blessings because they're only temporary. Because I promise you, something will happen to your car. I'm not prophesying. and I'm not trying to put fear in your 
heart or mind. But believe me, something will happen. And if you put your comfort in this thought that my car's so cool, there's not a scratch on it. Whoever's like, I don't really, I don't, who's that? <laughs> we live in Alaska, you know? And then when a scratch comes, you just <laughs> explode. Like the Big Bang. Big Bang Theory? Okay. We don't want to put our comfort in material blessings. Thank God. Amen? Thank you, Lord, that you've given us material things. And I will enjoy them and thank you for them. And I want to do the best I can to be a giver of the things that I have. Particularly money. But I can't find my comfort and my peace of mind in the material blessings that I have. Another thing that we tend to find our comfort in when distress is happening is circumstances. If it's sunny outside, Gabriel, I got a smile on my face. But man, if it's raining, don't be around me. Because the world evolves around me, and if it's not nice, then I'm not nice. Get over yourself. I'm serious. Why do we base our comfort off of whether it's nice outside or not? Well, Gabriel, that's just you know that's the way I am. No, you're a human being. God's made you the same way He made me. And God made you to be comforted by Him, not the sun or the rain. But also circumstances. Maybe you're going through a hard time in your life. Don't look to the circumstance to find comfort in. I promise you, you will not find comfort. Especially in a hard circumstance or situation, right? But who is the one that we can always look to to find comfort who is not unsteady, he's not insecure, he's not unstable, but he's a rock. He is one that we can always look to and find security and comfort in the midst of anything we go through. Don't put your confidence and don't put your comfort on the circumstances that are around you. Well, Gabriel, my whole life I've always had whatever I wanted. Well, be careful because tomorrow you're not guaranteed to have everything you wanted. I promise you. And if you think that, well, change your mind. Once again, I'm not trying to put fear in your heart. I'm trying to tell you that this is reality. Don't put your heart to find comfort in material blessings and don't put it in circumstances because circumstances will only let you down. How many have experienced that before? Day's going great. Flat tire. You like that sound effect? Pretty cool, huh? Been working on that one. And we're like, oh gosh, flat tire. Coming to the house, stomping, throw our bags on the ground. What happened? Well! <laughs> and we feel justified to have a bad attitude because of the circumstance. Well, get your mind off of the temporary circumstances and put your mind on the eternal reality of what it has been done. That God has purchased you and has adopted you as his son and daughter. Or, sorry, son or daughter. That'd be weird, not both. Get that straight, Reed. Get that straight. Man, you've been adopted. And you can find comfort in that God has adopted you as his son or as his daughter. And whether the circumstance stinks, not necessarily smells bad, but you know what I mean. Can't say the other word. It's a bad word. Mom told me that when I was in seventh grade. If the circumstance stinks, 
then I can still find comfort because my God doesn't stink. My God smells good. And He always is able and willing to comfort me. I'm trying to help you out tonight. I'm trying to get you to understand that material blessings and circumstances are not going to comfort you. They may help ease you for a moment, but when a tough thing, something tough comes or when your material blessings fade away, you're only going to be left hanging. Health. Thank God right now that I can stand here and talk. Thank God that in this moment I feel, for the most part, healthy. Thank you, Lord. I thank God for that. I really do. But I can't find my comfort in that. Because what if I get sick? A lot of us lose comfort if we feel like we put on three pounds. I just feel uncomfortable today. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, you touched my fat. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know? Okay. Bless ya. <laughs> Did you feel my muscles? Oh, you didn't feel it again. <laughs> Just feel it again. Yep. And then you're like 40. <laughs> It's not happy, and I still I just haven't had ease since I was 14. Oh my God, no, no, 12. It was when I was 12. Yeah. Don't find comfort in your health or your physique. Because <laughs> your body could let you down. <laughs> I was talking to Matthew today about how I've been getting a little gut, and he was giving me tips. He's like, dude, this is what I do. Come here. <laughs> And I was like, well, because you do look so good, man. How do you do it? And he was like, well, bro, I'm not going to tell you what he told me, but hey, because if you want that, I got five bucks after the service. I'll, I'll let you know what that was. <laughs> I have to give Matthew 10%, 50 cents. What was that? 10% of $5, 50 cents, something like that? Hey, come on, baby. <laughs> would, you, would, would the worship team come back up here, please? John 15, 26. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Did you hear what I just said? Think about that for a moment. There's three persons of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And did you know that the Holy Spirit's name is the comforter? Does that not give us a clue? Does that not give us some type of, whoa. Does that not give us some type of understanding that we need to be comforted? That we need to be consoled and to be eased and to have peace. You know what I'm saying? God, the Holy Spirit, is the comforter. He's the comforter of all comforters. He's the binky above all binkies. He's the pacifier above all pacifiers. That if I'm in distress, my God is a comforter. Jesus gave us, the Father gave us the Holy Spirit who is the Comforter and He desires to comfort you. He desires to console you. He desires to comfort you personally. Not just through a message, not just through a song, but personally in your heart, God wants to comfort you. 
He wants to build that intimate relationship with you. You know why we don't have an intimate relationship with God as much as we might like to have? Because we're too comfortable. I was reading a book called Forgotten God by Francis Chan. In his book, he mentioned something along the lines of that, and it really challenged me because I realized I had this strong desire to be comforted. I had this strong desire. Please hear me out as we close tonight. I had this strong desire to be comforted and have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. But I realized that I didn't have that intimate relationship with the God of the universe because I lived a life where I was way too comfortable. I live a life where everything I have around me, especially in America, makes me feel comfortable. And I realize that the things that I have are only temporary and they don't really comfort me. I still feel distress. But the only one who can fully and sufficiently comfort me is my God. It is the Holy Spirit. We pray prayers, God, take me deeper. Oh God, I want to know you more. Well, maybe you should live more of an uncomfortable life because if you live an uncomfortable life, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that as the sufferings and as the distress abounds, and as uncomfortability abounds, if that's even a word, as the place and as the times change, and as chaos begins to take root in my life, as that grows, God's comfort in my life grows, and the Holy Spirit becomes even ever close to me and more intimate with me as I go through tough times and hard things. See, but we live a life where we run from tough times. We live a life where we run from uncomfortable situations. But God wants us to know that we need to be people that walk through uncomfortable situations and rely on the comforter. Does that make sense? One person, anybody. Please, if I'm, if I, I want this to make sense because it's so crucial and I could talk about this for about an hour more. But it's a simple principle. You guys can start playing. Thank you. It's a simple principle. You want to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Well, stop relying on all these comfortable things that make you feel comfortable. That's one of the things I respect about people that go out of their way to make a friend. Go out of their way to talk to somebody that is rude to forgive somebody somebody who goes through a really hard situation maybe somebody dies in their family maybe somebody they know is leaving the family maybe there's a divorce I respect those who don't run from it and deny it but say no it's really happening but some way somehow the God of the universe is so close to me and he's comforting me in this time of distress See, we are Christians. We're Christians who are not going to be always delivered from our tough times. We are Christians who will always be comforted by the God of all comfort if we go to Him and say, God, nothing else is suffice. I need you to comfort me. Would you stand with me, please?